So basically, welcome in. As I was reviewing this movie, I was like, oh, I should have reviewed another movie. So I'll get to that other one. I, I thought of Three Amigos. I should have reviewed Three Amigos, but I'll, I'll, I'll do that at some point. It's one of my favorite comedies. This one, however, did have a really big impact on me when it came out in 2010. Because this was in the same comedy season as Superbad, Role Models, The Hangover. I saw this movie before I saw any of those. And this was always my favorite out of that bunch. People always draw the comparison between this film and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I mean, of course, it's the director of Joker who took from all those Scorsese movies, so yeah. Todd Phillips will blatantly take inspiration, inspiration, and... And I don't know, you can, you can argue that he's paying homage to those films, whatever. I think this movie did take directly from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But I still like this one, due date, a lot better. Todd Phillips also took from a Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis movie from 19, the 1950s, in which they drive across country. That one I have not seen, but Planes, Trains feels like an 80s sitcom to me. Almost like there should be a laugh track throughout the movie. <laughs> and Steve Martin and John Candy act like they're kind of on, a, like they're stage acting. It's, it's not, it's not the same type of acting that's in this movie, Due Date. And I like that. I like Due Date for that reason. So I think even Tommy Boy took from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles since it came out almost a decade later. I think the road, being on the road part of that movie is taken from the movie prior. I just like the modern feel of this movie. And I know that Robert Downey Jr. had a blast making this movie. He said it's one of the proudest moments in his career. And because of his cadence and behind the scenes interviews and on set, the footage from what I've seen, I know that he loved making this movie. But every time that I watch this movie, I get the feeling that he dreaded it because of his acting. He's so natural at being annoyed and aggravated by everything Zach Galifianakis' character does that it makes me think his aggravation is legitimate. Galifianakis plays Ethan Tremblay, and he plays his character a lot differently than John Candy played his happy-go-lucky character back in the 80s. For me and my taste, I would watch RDJ and Zach Galifianakis any day over Steve Martin and John Candy. Back in the 80s, they resonated with, with that generation of people, and I think this movie, Due Date, did with a new generation of people. Todd Phillips directed this and The Hangover and The Joker. Now he's working on a Joker sequel. I love that he's gone to one extreme with comedy, and now he's going to the other extreme with drama. I love that. My review of The Joker is up on wherever you get podcasts, by the way. We open on Peter Hyman, played by RDJ, talking to his wife, Sarah Hyman, played by Michelle Monaghan, Mission Impossible 3. He's talking to her about a dream that he had about a bear chewing his baby's umbilical cord right after it's born. Which is a foretelling of what happens in the end with Ethan being in the delivery room after Peter faints in front of everybody. Peter and Sarah are discussing baby names and kind of playfully arguing over it. This is happening as Peter is making his way to, to the airport. Right as he arrives and opens his car door, another car drives past and smashes off the car door. This is where Peter and Ethan first meet, and it's not very pleasant. Peter's pissed, and Ethan clearly doesn't share the same feelings or have any regret about the damage to the car. Somehow in the shuffle, the bags get mixed up, too. Peter accidentally takes Ethan's bag through security and they check it and they find a few embarrassing things in here that he's like, those are not mine. Coincidentally, Ethan is sitting right behind Peter on the plane. And I love when he's trying to put his bag in the overhead bin and his belly is like right here next to Peter. Ethan starts talking about terrorists and how they trigger bombs on planes. And Peter's like, dude, those are not words that you want to be saying on a plane. 
This causes such a ruckus that the air marshal gets involved and he shoots a rubber bullet at Peter, putting Peter and Ethan both on a no-fly list. Ethan feels bad, but he manipulates the whole situation we come to find out later, and he convinces Peter to let him drive him across the country, in time for Peter's newborn to be born, plus Ethan just wants a friend. <laughs> they start their journey and we find out why Ethan wants to go to Los Angeles himself, it's because he wants to be an actor. He also just lost his dad and is carrying his dad in a, in a coffee tin. I love the conversation that the two of them have about that. Why are your dad's ashes in a coffee tin? It's vacuum sealed. You broke the seal when you opened it. And before they get too far into their journey, Ethan needs to make a quick stop at his weed dealer because he left all of his drugs on the plane. Juliet Lewis and Todd Phillips, the director, they both play the drug dealers. And they deal weed while Peter sits in the other room watching the kids that he doesn't even know. One of the kids starts tormenting him, <laughs> and Peter just socks him in the stomach, and then he's like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> I remember laughing so hard when I first watched that. Cause she's like, you okay, Bubba? Then he looks at the little girl and she's like, and he goes, what? And she's like, nothing. He's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ethan ended up spending $200 on weed and has $60, $60 left for the trip. And this is day one. <laughs> Peter and Ethan argue about that, and I love Ethan's line. Well, it's not like I'm an accountant. I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> Peter's just going to have his wife wire Ethan some money so they can continue onward. But because Ethan goes by his stage name, Ethan Tremblay, the bank teller, played by Danny McBride, won't give them the money because he doesn't have sufficient ID. He tries using a, a head actor headshot as his ID. And the situation escalates because of Peter spitting insults at the, at the bank teller, and he has no clue that the teller was in a wheelchair because he's a veteran. The bank teller obviously takes offense and beats the both of them up with a baton as a weapon. So they get beat up, they still have no money, and Sarah can just send Ethan, Ethan's actual name, Ethan Chase, some money. Then as they're cleaning up, some of the, well, mostly just Peter's cleaning up his wounds. He took the brunt of the beating. Peter makes a comment to Ethan saying, you're not even a real actor. And Ethan challenges him, like, dude, give me a scene. So Peter does, Peter does, and Ethan performs it for him on the fly. And he uses the recent death of his father in the scene to fuel some of the emotion for him, but it gets too real. He actually gets carried away by it. And this is kind of the start to Peter sympathizing with Ethan for the first time, with this stranger that he's literally just met. He buys Ethan some snacks, and I think he feels bad. I know he does. So Peter opens up about his own dad. He confides in him and tries to show an emotion of vulnerability and, and connect with each other about their dads. But when Peter gets done talking about his dad leaving him at a young age, Ethan bursts out laughing and he's like, my dad would never do that, he loved me. Which is not the reaction that Peter was looking for at all. Alan Arkin, rest in peace, was supposed to play, he actually filmed some scenes as Peter Hyman's long lost father. But due to time, they couldn't include the scenes in the actual movie, but I would have loved to see Alan Arkin and Robert Downey Jr. play father and son. I don't know how that would have worked in the story. I don't think it would have, but I wonder if those scenes were available to see. The next morning, Peter's hardly gotten any sleep because of Ethan's masturbating and snoring. Not at the same time. Ethan goes into the rest stop to take a shower, and Peter has the epiphany to steal the car and get the hell out of Dodge, abandoning Ethan at the rest stop. But simply because Ethan's father's ashes are still in the car, that's the one thing he forgot to take out and leave on the sidewalk, he can't bring himself to follow through with his plan. So he goes back and he just plays it off like, hey, I was just going to get coffee and donuts. There's a close call, but Ethan believes it and they continue on traveling. While Peter gets some sleep, Ethan does too. <laughs> which causes them to fly off a bridge and tumble and crash the car. Peter gets hurt, but since Ethan didn't tense up, he's left without a scratch. This is where Peter draws the line at the hospital. 
He tries to abandon Ethan again at the hospital by having his friend Daryl pick just him up. Daryl takes compassion on him, and he's like, oh man, just bring him. And he convinces Peter to let Ethan come with him, but Peter has some stipulations. Ethan's like, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Daryl does regret this, though, because when they get to his house, he makes them all coffee. Except for he used the coffee that they brought, so they all drink his dad. They drink Ethan's dad. And Daryl's like, get him out, get the beard, the dog, get him out. Peter goes, I know, I told you, it took eight minutes. <laughs> But Daryl does lend them a car, and they both continue on their way to L.A. Ethan hotboxes the car with weed, getting Peter high for the first time in a long time. And for some reason, they find themselves trying to cross the Mexican border. <laughs> but the guards at the border crossing know that they're high, and they ask them to get out of the car. Ethan gets out and just abandons Peter. Because he can handle himself when he's high, but Peter cannot. He does sneak back into where Peter's being holed, and he rescues him. And they both escape now. It's this whole extravaganza scene. Now they're on the run in one of the Mexican police vehicles. And since they're so close to the Grand Canyon, they decide to stop off there so Ethan can spread his father's ashes and finally give that goodbye that he needed to give. This is also the scene where Ethan comes clean and tells Peter that he's had his wallet the entire time, meaning that Peter never needed to actually travel across country with Ethan. Peter's like, oh, yep, totally cool. It's in the past. Let's forget about it. <laughs> he just attacks him. Sarah calls in the middle of this scuffle that's going on and says that she's going into labor. So they have to beeline it from the Grand Canyon to Los Angeles just as the baby is being born. As they're doing that, Ethan's in the passenger seat and he rummages through the glove department and he finds a gun. And he shoots it. He just triggers it. He's like, oh, look at this. Bang! And hits Peter in the thigh while he's driving. Peter, Peter's like, why? They both freak out on the side of the road, but luckily they can stop the bleeding and it's not too serious of a wound and they decide to continue. But Peter's body is shutting down from the blood loss and the stress that his body has been through in the past few days. So Ethan helps deliver the baby for his new friend Peter and the two of them decide to make friends and become friends. And, to, and Ethan gets to be on his favorite show, Two and a Half Men, which Peter and Sarah both watch and they're happy for Ethan. And that's where the movie ends. You know, there's no profound takeaway from this movie or its characters, but to me, the comedy rides the line between being too over-the-top, Ace Ventura-ish, and being a little bit too dry. I love Todd Phillips' sense of humor, and I think all the actors get it too, and they help add to the humor of his movies. This will always be one of my favorites, and one of the first adult comedies that I really fell in love with in my late teen years. I don't think this movie has much to say or many ideas to present. It's just meant to be more grounded and less sitcom-y of, of comedy. I think it's a fun watch. Thank you guys for watching. That's my review of Due Date. I will catch you guys next week. Let me know what you think about this movie. A lot of people don't like it, but meh. Peace.